broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Coming in strong on this Tuesday, my man DeMond Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Been a very busy morning already and already leading into the afternoon, coming off the heels of the JT The Brick Show. And, of course, uh, he's very, been very busy this morning as well as we were at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ had an opportunity to record the Raider Roundtable. And what a special Raider Roundtable it is. And I can't wait for the whole thing to come out. And it should be out in a matter of minutes. If it's not out already, you can check it out on the Raiders YouTube page. And, of course, you'll be able to hear the audio port of it, portion of it following the show tonight here on Raider Nation Radio 920 uh, coming up around 5 o'clock. But, man, what a special edition since it is a special week leading into this Christmas Eve game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. I know that's what it's called, and I say that in air quotes. That's the actual title. But we all know in Raider Nation, Immaculate Deception. I like to call it the Immaculate Incompletion because I like to be different, but that's just me. But what a special episode of the Raider Roundtable where George Atkinson actually sat down with JT the Brick and spent quality time and had conversations and broke down the play from every different angle and what it was like to actually be on the field. And I'm telling you, Damon, I wasn't even in the studio while they were having the conversation. I was right outside the actual on-air studio in the control room just listening. And it almost... It almost brings chills to your body to listen to a player that was on the field right in the mix, right right involved in that situation, and to be able to just kind of recant what he was feeling, what was going through his mind, how he felt post-game. I mean, everything, sitting in the locker room by himself, and it was super quiet. And, look, I've been in some locker rooms that are quiet, but I can only imagine what that locker room was like after that. And so a very special edition of the Immaculate Reception uh, coming out at 7 o'clock. You can check that out on Raiders YouTube. I'm sure JT the Brick has mentioned it multiple times. But, uh, man, just hearing those two go back and forth uh, and, and being able to talk about that play and that day and, and what it meant to George and the fact that he's played in so many tough games and that was the toughest game that he's ever played in, I, it was just incredible. So we did the Raider Roundtable, Damon, but we didn't really do the Raider Roundtable. Like, I, I showed up. I talked about the game on Sunday. I talked about the Raiders. I talked about Chandler Jones. And you know what? At some point, maybe way long down the line, you know, Chandler Jones will be long retired, probably be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe, you know, there'll be some great, great creative name for the play that we saw on on, on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. And maybe he'll have an opportunity to sit down with a, a, a radio host and, and break him through the play, go down through the play, and, and was talking about what was on their mind. And, and could have a, same, a similar moment to what George Atkinson had earlier today with JT the Brick. But I, I like to tell you, man, I like to think a lot of times I do a lot of heavy lifting. I didn't do a lot of heavy lifting at all. I'll tell you that right now. Me and JT, we did what we did, just talk about the game, go back and forth, talked about Coach McDaniels, talked about the Raiders getting a win, what they got to do moving forward. You know what we do here on Raider Nation Radio 920 every day. But what George Atkinson and JT did, man, come on. That's next level stuff, right? Again, I don't mind being that guy just sitting out like a fly on the wall and just observing. That's what I did earlier today, listening to those two talk about the Immaculate Reception and, as George Atkinson corrected JT, the Immaculate Deception. And I love the fact that he coined that 
and it stuck forever. I just think that that's special, man. And this is going to be a special week leading into this game on Sunday in Pittsburgh. I don't know the name of the field. I don't know what it's called now. I call it Heinz Field. It's always going to be Heinz Field. But I know they have some big corporate name that I should respect, but I don't. So they're not paying our bills, so I ain't worried about it. But shout-out to Allegiant Stadium. Shout-out to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Shout-out to Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And shout-out to the Don'tBeBroke.com text line. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got our guys back. I'm just saying. I got our guys back. Everyone else, I ain't worried about it. <laughs> there, ain't, there ain't no pay to the order of coming anywhere in our direction direction uh, our company or anything so i got to make sure we take care of our people but we got a lot to get to on today's show very excited about it we got the uh, estimated injury report came out just about a probably about an hour ago uh sent over from the raiders of course they're playing on saturday so instead of getting wednesday thursday friday injury report we're getting tuesday wednesday thursday they take off on thursday and they'll be in pittsburgh playing their game on Christmas Eve. That'll be a fun little Christmas treat, man. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Don't know, obviously, the outcome of the game, but I'm looking forward to, you know, a Christmas Eve at the crib, watching the game with the family, taking a quick minute to have a little bit of R&R. But, DeMond, as you know, there ain't much R&R during football season. No, none whatsoever. I'm already thinking about that day. I think I'm going to work on Saturday. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. You know, you can pass along that message to Doug. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see it. I, I ain't mad at you. I like I like the I like the go getter in, in Demond, man. He's he's ready to do some work. And uh, we'll talk about some things. We may have some special stuff coming up for Red Nation Radio nine twenty, but we'll uh, we'll definitely get into that uh, in preparation for the game coming up on Saturday against the Pittsburgh Steelers week sixteen action. So we'll go over the injury report in just a little bit. We still have more locker room sound that we didn't get to get to on Monday's show because we had so much of it, man. Really proud of the job that we did in the locker room. Uh, really we're on our A game. We, we heard from Chandler Jones yesterday. We heard from Darren Waller, Jerron Harmon. We also heard from Josh Jacobs. Demond, me and you, we had a chance to catch up with him on Friday night. But we still have Keelan Cole to hear from, Mac Hollins, Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, Hunter Renfro. Got all that in the bag. So that's coming up on the show today as well. This is kind of be the last day that we look back at the game that happened on Sunday and you know talk about the Raiders. And tomorrow we'll start to turn the page and start to focus in on the Pittsburgh Steelers and Week 16 action. It's what we like to do, kind of turn the page on a Wednesday. And if the game was being played on a Thursday, we would have turned the page yesterday. But since it's being played on Saturday, we can start to turn that page coming up tomorrow. So we have locker room sound. Uh, we have some sounds from uh, both offensive coordinator uh, Mick Lombardi and defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. They met with the media uh, earlier today as well, had an opportunity to go and be a part of that after uh, the, the, the Raider roundtable that we recorded. So I was able to go from the pod studio downstairs, jump on the phone, have a quick meeting on the phone, and then boom, right to the media center and uh, you know be there for the coordinators. And we didn't get to catch up with Mick Lombardi or Patrick Graham last week. It got pushed back to Friday, and then Friday got pushed back, so we never got to catch up with them, but we did today, so that was good, so you'll hear from them coming up in the show as well, but as far as guests that we have, Christopher Price from the Boston Globe and also Patriots Report Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, we had him on the show last Wednesday. He was the guy who gave us a preview of the Patriots. I want to put a bow on this game. I mean, just because there were so many crazy things that happened. I did ESPN National Radio last night. I was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Uh, myself and Emmett Golden, we were filling in for the fellas. And we talked about this game in particular quite a bit because it was such a crazy uh, game in Week 15. And there was a lot of weird games and weird finals and just all kind of outcomes in Week 15. So we talked a lot about this game. And I put a bow on it kind of last night. I want to put a bow on it officially today. And so Christopher Price will join us to talk about what he saw from a Patriots point of view. How 
weird that was for a Patriots team to kind of get outside of themselves and do the things that they did, not only on that final play that led to Chandler Jones getting that touchdown, but I felt like throughout the course of the game. I mean, because DeMond, and again, you were in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio for the whole course of the game. It felt like they made so many mistakes that were just very unpatriot-like and unbelichick-like. Oh, yes. Uh, so many times for both teams, actually, the mistakes were you could just hear from me linking, like just groaning every time <laughs> a mistake was made on both teams. Because it's like Lincoln's a straight shooter. He's calling it like you see it. Of course, you know, he's the voice for the Raiders of being the yep. color commentator. Yep. But when he just has those grumps, just don't play. Don't play. I feel like I'm I'm in the room. I'm in the booth with Jason and Lincoln as Lincoln's just <laughs> you can't make those mistakes. Right. And he's just calling both teams. Well, I'm not going to say idiots, but calling out the dumb plays or plays. the mistakes bad on football. both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, there's a lot going on with the Patriots, but they had so much. I mean, obviously both teams had a lot to play for on Sunday. They had so much to play for because they were in the seventh hole when they got into the game on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. So that loss really hurt them as far as their playoff hopes, and the Raiders keeps their playoff hopes alive. Right. Regardless, if we're focusing in on that here on Raider Nation Radio 920, which we're really not, we're going one game at a time. But who knows? You know, it might it might get uh, into the new year in 2023 and they might have three in the bag and there's one to go. And then all of a sudden, hey, now you're talking. Right. And again, they need some help. But the only thing that matters right now for the Raiders is they have to just win. And they have the game coming up on Saturday against the Pittsburgh Steelers that they just have to win like they did against the Patriots. On Sunday, So Christopher Price will kind of help us put a bow on the game coming up at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. John McClain, GallerySports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He joins us each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock. He'll talk all things NFL. Uh, I'll, I'll ask him about, you know, where that game ranks as far as craziest finishes that he's seen. He's been around the NFL a lot longer than I have. And so I know that he's seen some crazy finishes. He's covered the Oilers. He's covered uh, the Texans. He's covered many different teams. And, again, the whole body of work when it comes to the NFL. So I'm sure he's seen some things. So we'll talk to him about that. Plus, I want to talk to him about the Immaculate Reception, where he feels it kind of it is, where it resides in NFL history as far as massive games, you know, with games with huge outcomes and, and, and crazy outcomes and stuff that, you know, you just you can't write. You can't write that script. So we'll talk to him about the Immaculate Reception as well and get his thoughts on kind of where that lays in NFL history. So John McClain, GallerySports.com, Sports Radio 610, joins us at 3 o'clock. And then we're anticipating – and I said this a couple times last week. We are anticipating the great Lincoln Kennedy joining us at 4 o'clock. Raiders Radio Network, obviously a multiple-time Pro Bowler on the offensive line for the Silver and Black. Uh, didn't get to catch up with them last week. He was at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. He was on the call for the game on Sunday, as DeMond pointed out multiple times. So I believe that we're going to have him on, uh, on the show at 4 o'clock. We'll see what happens when 4 o'clock rolls around. Uh, the funny thing is he wasn't on the Raiders roundtable today, but that's because George Atkinson was on it. So, you know, there's that. So we'll see. But Lincoln Kennedy is expected to join us come 4 o'clock. So those are the guests that we have. 2.30, Christopher Price from the Boston Globe. 3 o'clock, John McClain, GallerySports.com, Sports Radio 610. And then we'll close our guest lineup out with Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network. And, of course, plenty of locker room sound to get to as well. So now that you know the guests coming up on the show, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And really, before we dive deep into the teeth of the show today, I did want to go over the Raiders injury report. Again, we got one today. We'll get one Wednesday and also Thursday, and then we'll find out 90 minutes before kickoff 
the game status, who's in, who's out. Want to go over real quickly, and this is just an estimation. Neither the Raiders or the Steelers actually practiced today, but this is an estimation of who would have practiced and who wouldn't have not have practiced or who would have been limited or who would have participated fully if they actually did practice. So just remember, this is an estimate. For the Raiders, five guys would not have participated, starting with cornerback Rock is seen, still dealing with the knee injury, running back Zamir White. He has a new, um, a new entry on the injury report. Ankle injury, so he would not have participated. Guard Dylan Parham, who left the game on Sunday with a knee injury, he would not have participated. Also, tackle Jackson Barton, dealing with a back injury. He was uh, inactive on Sunday, did not, would not have participated today. And then guard Alex Bars, dealing with a knee injury, not participating either. So a couple guys there on the offensive line. Cornerback Rocky Seen that you really would like to see him come back sooner rather than later. And running back Zamir White, right? The guy that you'd like to see get a little bit of burn to spell Josh Jacobs every once in a while. Well, now he's on the injury report. And Josh Jacobs, I mean, this is a good sign. He's not on the injury report at all for Tuesday. So that was a plus. Guys who would have been limited, defensive tackle Andrew Billings dealing with the fibula. Saw him leaving the locker room Sunday following the game. He looked pretty good. But again, he looked good walking in street clothes, not suited up, ready to go play a football game. So Andrew Billings would have been limited today. Also, Darian Butler, the the the, the He's listed as a linebacker, but really, oh no, he is a linebacker. I'm thinking of the, the other guy. I'm thinking of the other Butler, Matthew Butler. Excuse me, linebacker Darian Butler, quadricep injury. He was limited as well, and safety Deron Harmon, shoulder and neck injury would have been limited as well. And and uh, one f- full participant, guard tackle Jermaine Illuminor, Mister Do It All, uh, dealing with the wrist injury. He would have been a full participant. So. Um, much more guys that wouldn't have participated, only a couple limited, and one guy fully participating. Uh, for the Steelers, look at them, the guys that would not have participated, uh, Larry Ogunjobi, <laughs> I'm always going to get that name wrong, defensive lineman, it was just rest. Cameron Hayward, same thing, rest, didn't participate, so not a big deal. Safety Terrell Edmonds, hamstring, he didn't participate. Limited guys, uh, Miles Jack, the linebacker, dealing with the groin injury. Fullback Derek Watt with the ankle injury. Uh, running back Najee Harris with a hip injury. That's something to pay attention to. And then wide receiver Deontay Johnson with a toe injury would have been limited as well. Full participants, quarterback quarterback Kenny Pickett. Uh, he was cleared from his concussion protocol, so uh, 99.9% sure he'll be starting on Saturday against the Raiders. Defensive back Josh Jackson with an ankle injury, fully participant. And uh, then they got their, their tight end, Pat uh, Freermuth with a foot injury, full participant as well, and probably butchered his name like I do. So there's that. So there's the injury report. Again, we'll get another one tomorrow, and we'll get another one Thursday, and then finally we'll find out what goes on 90 minutes before kickoff on Christmas Eve. Now, let's go ahead and jump into what we got going as far as the, the opening drive goes. And it's funny, yesterday we were at the Oyo, and there was plenty of Raider Nation that came out, and I thought it was really cool being able to sit around and, and talk to folks. And I like to do that. I like to talk to whoever comes out, and sometimes I like to talk to them too much. And DeMond's like, Q, get back on the air! Q, we're running out of commercials. Q, I need you to get back. How many times do I, I get you, you, you worried, Damon, when, when all of a sudden I step away from the mic? For me, it's if it's a, uh, under a minute because I can always hear you off mic just cutting it up. You're Because <laughs> I hear the conversation that you're having. It's like, oh, man, he's on a roll right now. <laughs> and then it's, it's under a minute. And it's always 30 seconds. And then I'm trying to talk to the tech. Hey, James, 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 tell him, tell him it's 30 seconds, James. <laughs> James, and James, let me tell you about James real quick. James, is so, he is not in a hurry to do anything. James is so – I mean, he's just so chill. And that's not a bad thing. Like, he's just never never panicked. He's just, like, the cool dude. Like, you know, maybe it's in the name James. Like, we got Slow Jams James. 
We got uh, Cool Breeze Tech James. I, I got to come up with a better name for him. But uh, we got Tech James that's just, he's cool, he's chill, he's nice and relaxed. And, you know, I'm like, hey, hey, uh, like I'll tell him, somebody will walk up and I want them to get a prize or something. So I'll kind of point at him and I'll point at the prize. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get a prize for him. Man. You know, like he's just, he's just real cool and chill. And, you know, he, he's in his own zone, which is cool. I respect that. But, uh, yeah, so if you say, hey, James, tell Q there's 30 seconds left, please believe James is going to take about 25 seconds before he tells me. <laughs> he ain't going to be in no hurry. That's the one thing I can tell you about James. Again, dude's great. Yeah, he's fantastic. does a great job. Definitely appreciate him. But he is never going to be in a hurry to tell me, oh, yeah. He'll go and say, hey, Q, uh, yeah, man, DeMond kind of wants you to get back onto the mic, you know, because, I mean, you're down to 30 seconds, which is probably like, 20 seconds by now. Well, actually, you know, it's probably down to 15 seconds by now. You should probably just be back on the mic by now. But I'm going to just go on back over here now. Like, he's just so chill, man. That's James to a T. I promise you, DeMond. <laughs> Yo, and then when you when you ask me, you'll put the headset on for about five seconds, and you'll say, how much time I got left? And I, and I, and I got to be honest, and I'll say, like, oh, you got, like, two minutes. But I hate it every time that I do because that's your leeway. Oh, two minutes? I'm good. And then you go back to talking. <laughs> Every time you ask, I just want to say, we're coming back right now. Right, right. And, you know, you might want to do that sometimes, and I'm not even mad at you. But as I was sitting there at the OYO, we had a fun show and definitely appreciate everyone who came out. Got into a conversation with a family that uh, lives here locally, right? And I've been able to talk to them a few times, uh, either at Buffalo Wild Wings or at OYO, and it's great. And, uh, you know, again, like I said, I, I just love to do that anyway. Meet and greet, that's, that's kind of my thing. And it was suggested to me. How much of a coincidence is, is it? And we know, we kind of know that the NFL schedule guys, they know what they're doing, right? They know when they put the, a, a schedule together, they know exactly what they're doing, right? They, they didn't accidentally put this Steelers game uh, on Christmas Eve right around the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that didn't just, they didn't pull that out their back pocket. But it was suggested to me, Q, could you possibly look at these last four games, obviously starting with the one on Sunday uh, and the victory over the Patriots, as kind of a revenge tour for the Raiders? Because think about it. There's a storyline that goes with every game the Raiders have left, right? I mean, think about it. The Patriots, I mean, that writes itself. I don't have to go into any explanation, right? You think of the Patriots, you can already think why the Raiders could be on a revenge tour against them. Up next, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 50th year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Already spent plenty of time talking about that. The 49ers, I mean, does that, does that not write itself already? The 49ers on New Year's, right? Battle of the Bay, whatever you want to call it. I mean, you, you want to talk about a, a revenge factor or a juicy game, you know, one where the storylines write themselves, there you go. And then you close things off with the Kansas City Chiefs, the hated Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs that you feel like you should have won on week five in their house, and now they're coming to your house and you want to get a little bit of revenge and who knows how everything goes. Maybe that game's going to get you into the playoffs. Is this possibly potentially a revenge tour, these final four games for the Silver and Black? Like when you look at the schedule and now that that's been pointed out to you, do you think that this could be possibly something that maybe even the players could use as motivation? Like, they got to take it one game at a time. Don't get me wrong. They can't look ahead and they can't write the storylines and all that good stuff. But could they possibly look at these four and say, you know what? There is a storyline. There is an X factor. There is a little bit extra motivation in each one of these final four games. What are your thoughts, Damon? Oh, no, I love it. And even when we, when you proposed it yesterday during the break, it was like, man, this is something to really sink your teeth into. And Josh McDaniels, he said it when the team was breaking down on sun, after Sunday's game, we'll let, we'll let when someone else decides to tell us that we're not in it anymore. Yeah. Someone else will tell us when it's our time and when we're done. So until then, it is one game at a time. But, hey, these one games. Josh McDaniels mentioned it in the press conference, so at least the team is aware of it. Hey, it's the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Deception. Right. Hey, that's known. That rivalry in the Bay – 
that is known. Right. And then the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it's the biggest rivalry since I've been a part of Raider Nation. It's been the biggest rivalry to me. But, hey, they're still mad about laps around the stadium. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, that's true. They bring it up, you know. And then, of course, the the Raiders had the whole stomping on the the logo that that was still a big deal, right? Apparently, and I didn't think it was even. I was like, that's still something. It shocked me that that was still something. But that's still one of those built in. It's a built in storyline. It's a built in rivalry. It's you know, it's in Kansas City they say it's Raiders Week, and in, in in Vegas, in Oakland, in L.A. they say it's it's a it's Chiefs Week. I mean, you know, what I mean, it's like again, these things they write themselves. How much, how much do you think that these guys could go, maybe go on just a little bit of a revenge tour, just like a, a, a us-against-the-world type tour, like a Tupac, double birds in the air, like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, the hit them up tour. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. <laughs> so, Raider Nation, I ask you. I like that title, though, the hit them up tour. I'm, I'm going to use that for ours. Can we steal that for ours? That's our title? Nobody's taking it so far. No, no, we're taking it. That's a great one, Demond. Hey, man, sometimes all you got to do is speak it into existence. I'm going to call these next four games, starting with the one the Raiders just won against the Patriots, the hit em up tour. So I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. What do you think about that? Do you think that this could pot- potentially be a, 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 a revenge tour? And if so, what kind of name would you like to put it on? You could, you could, you know, you could say something about the Immaculate Deception if you want, Immaculate Reception. You could talk about the Bay. You could talk about the – I don't care. I don't care, but do you look at these Final Four as a potential, you know, little revenge tour? And if you do, give me a name. Give me a nice little title. I think DeMond's got the best one. I mean, me, I'm a pot guy, right? So you, you throw something you throw, throw something pot related I'm going to ride with you anyway, but that one was good. They hit him up tour. Boom. New England comes to town. Hit him up. <laughs> right? Right? How did, how did he come out the gates? First off, and you, you know what I mean? Like, I can't sing the lyrics because you know how it goes. But that one could have been towards Belichick and the Patriots, right? Hit them up. Pow. Got them. Next one. Steelers, go to their house. Hit them up. Niners, bring them to your house. Hit them up, right? <laughs> Chiefs, bring them to your house. Hit them up. I'm just saying. I love it. You, you're on to something there, DeMond. You're, hey, man, you're cooking with grease. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Berkeley. Raider Fish in Berkeley. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, boy, you guys, you guys bring the heat. My apologies if I have a, a spotty. My smartphone is not as smart, and I'm, I'm, I'm driving somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a name for the tour, baby. All I know is, in order for that chief to, oh, man. in order for it to be a rival, in order for it to be a rivalry. We got to win every now and again. Right, okay? exactly. A lot no, on the line. We no, got you're to right. win, baby. Yeah, you're okay? right about that. Now, Battle, Battle of the Bay, let me tell you something. When I grew up and growing up and still growing up, and I'm old as hell, okay, listen. My two favorite teams on earth were, one, the Raiders, and two, whoever the hell playing the Cranberry and Butterscotch, okay? So, yeah, there's a lot on that. And then you guys already about the immaculate uh, deception and all that jazz, and then the, uh, the the tuck game, the oh, uh, I can't pronounce the F-bomb game, because <laughs> we call it the, the F-bomb game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's not so do that. So listen, I really don't have a whole lot to say today, and that's rare. I just called in on, on a cold turkey call. Uh, first, I'd like to shout out a few people. Uh, <laughs> passionate Raider, free Passionate Raider, and Gangster Raider, I see you out there, Bon. And listen, uh, I... 
I'm not going to steal your thunder, man. You guys are on it. They hit them up to her. I love it. We need to really be on some John Wick, they just kill my dog type of stuff right about now, okay? We don't need motivation. We know uh, it's either stay off or get in the playoffs. That's what it's all about. <laughs> and I'm going to call again uh, with, with the, with the uh, how we can get to those Steelers, okay? Because they're adapting the, the personality of their coach. And I know I'm rambling, okay? But I just want to put that out there. Josh McDaniels. Understand, Jimmy's and Joe's, baby. You got some hungry, starving heathens on your squad right now. You need to take advantage of that, okay? Jimmy's and Joe's will get you the X's and O's. I'm going to hit you guys later. Uh, show up, show out, show out, just when you go out, uh, Raiders. <laughs> Raider Fisher Berkeley, thank you for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. You know, tomorrow we were talking about uh, – our tech, James, and I couldn't come up with a cool name for him. We got hit up on our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Call him Jimmy Chills, Q. Call him Jimmy Chills. I like that. So that's his new name. His name is no longer James. It is Jimmy Chills. We're naming everything today. I hope he's listening because next time I see him, I'm calling him Jimmy Chills. And even if he's not, call him Jimmy Chills anyway. That is his new name. We also got a text from the 201. This is the get in or die trying tour. 50 Cent. I like that. I like that. Let's get one more call in. Uh, Raider 562, you're up next. Hey, what's going on, Q DeMond? Uh, that's, uh, that's perfect. Uh, that's perfect, Q, to, to hit him up. I, you know, it was, <laughs> the, the tour, that would be awesome. But, you know, we have to, we have to be able to put together a complete game. I, I, I want to see it. I want to see that, that passion and everything. And, you you see some of it. You see it in in, in spurts, and then it it like dies down. I don't know what that's about, of course, because you're not behind the scenes. But if I could see a complete game and and just a revenge tour, that would be awesome, you know. But um, I don't know how. I don't know what it's looking like. Here. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for the call. And I don't know what the deal is, Demond, but sometime around this time, every single day, I start choking. And then I start crying. And so I'm doing that again. And I don't know what the case – I don't know what the what the deal is. What did you do to me? Just too much passion for the radio, brother. I guess. I don't know what it is, but you got me uh, You got me in tears, man. This is hilarious, but this is what it is. So, uh, yeah, hit us up. 69187, keyword R&R. It's a text line. Want to know what you think about the next four games. The storylines kind of write themselves. So give me, a, give me your thoughts on it again. 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next. We're going to put a bow on the game that we saw on Sunday. Christopher Price, Boston Globe. He'll join us next. It's Radish Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. How, how long did it take us? 60, 60 minutes, okay? I'm just telling you, we've been talking about 60 minutes all year long. I don't know that this was the most disciplined effort we've had, but I know this, nobody can argue with how, how, how much we fight. There's no way you can argue with the effort and the character of the people in this locker room, okay? And that's why we won, all right? Where's Chandler Jones? Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Head coach Joshua Daniels in the Raiders locker room following the game on Sunday, the 30-24 victory over the Patriots. The Raiders uh, just passed along a note. They've signed wide receiver DJ Turner to the practice squad and released wide receiver Malik Turner from the practice squad. So one Turner out, 
one Turner in. DJ Turner, uh, the man who made the 53-man roster to begin the season, is back on the practice squad with the silver and black. To help us put a bow on what we saw at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday is our good friend Christopher Price from the Boston Globe, also Patriots Report on the podcast of the Believe Podcast Network. And, uh, Chris, thanks so much for your time again. We do appreciate you joining the show. Just, again, want to kind of put a bow on what we saw because on Monday I was still struggling to figure out what I saw. When you saw that game <laughs> finish the way it did at Allegiant Stadium, what was going through your mind? I don't think I have ever seen anything like that before. I was there for the um, Miracle in Miami in 2018. Okay. And, you know, and the Dolphins kept, uh, you know, kind of lateraling it back. And, you know, and Kenyon Drake rushed past Gronk, you know, to the end zone. And the, the whole place went bananas. And I, I've That's the only thing that I can think of. I mean, it's like, you know, the band was on the field. You know, Stanford Cal, but 81 or 82 or whatever it was. I, I just, I've never seen a finish quite like that. And I think... People in New England are still stunned by by what happened. It was it was one of the more remarkable things that I've ever seen take place on a football field. How wild was it that one? It was the Patriots that that made that kind of mistake because I didn't expect them to do something like that. But then Chandler Jones, an ex-Patriot, be the guy that <laughs> that that sealed the deal for the Raiders. Yeah, you know, I'll say this: I've I've only seen the Patriots really, truly stunned when it comes to situational football once. And that was in 2008, the Wildcat game. I don't know if you remember that one. And that's where mm-hmm. they were completely unprepared for what hit them. And, and that's kind of like this in that, you know, there was the same level of just disbelief when it came to the Patriots and situational football. Because as you kind of alluded to there, New England's been so good over the years when it comes to moments like that. They've been able to execute when the big moments have arisen because, and I just talked about this in my podcast with Garrett Blunt, that it's, it's second nature for them. They rep so many different situations over the course of the off season and during a regular season that they're never caught unawares. But when this happened, it just, it was bang, bang, and the game was over and we were all left shaking our heads. So in that situation, would that be more of a player's, fault type situation is that more of a coaching staff situation or is that truly just a combination of both i think it's probably a little bit more of the former than the latter and, and i take no great pleasure in saying that because jacoby myers is a great, is a great kid he's a mm-hmm. stand-up kid this is yeah. you know we never really know the guys we cover but my experience with jacoby has been all good so far and for him to stand up and own it in the locker room in the way that he did i think yeah. says a lot about him and the way he goes about his business but you have to imagine that somewhere along the line, you know, the idea of situational football needed to kind of take over and understand, okay, here's what we need to do. We either need to get out of bounds, we need to play for overtime, or you just kind of take the hit and you just go down in that instance. You don't do what you did. So ultimately, to answer your question, I think it's more of a, of a player's gaff than a coaching gaff, but I, I think that story may still, you know, yet to be told in its right. entirety. No, that makes a lot of sense. Again, Chris Price is our guest from the Boston Globe. Also, Patriots support the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My man, Damon's got one for you. I know that you said that it's more of a player's gaffe than a coaching gaffe, but has Matt Patricia answered for why he called the run play at all instead of just, you know, kneeling and going into overtime? No, he hasn't. And, and I think that's, that's the next step. That's one of the reasons why I say, you know, I don't think the story is done yet, uh, at least, you know, as it relates to that play in that situation. Um, yeah, and I, I do think it was interesting, too, because, and look, you kind of have to understand the way the Patriots have, have been able to execute this year. Stevenson has been their best performer. Mm-hmm. In the, I, I can understand, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand the idea of, look, let's try and get Ramondre in space and try and have him 
quote unquote, make a play to, you know, try to come up with something in that situation. I'm not saying it's the right one, but again, I can kind of understand where they were coming from with that. And look, he got 20 something yards and again, they got him in space and, you know, who knows what would have happened if he, you know, maybe, you know, found another hole or found another seam or something, but, but no, um, we haven't heard from Matt Patricia yet on that one. And then something else that I was curious about, because Deron Harmon, he was on the field during that Miracle in Miami game, and I want to say Devin McCourty was also a part of that debacle where Gronk yeah. was just not able to catch up. Did anybody remind McCourty of that play and ask him which was which was wilder to be a part of? Not, no, no, no one's been able to ask him that yet. I, I just, it was funny, I went back and kind of re-watched that finish again, and that's kind of what the Patriots were trying to do, I, I, I think, but they didn't have the guys quite lined up. Um, but but no, they they haven't. No, no one no one who was on that team in 2018 <laughs> has said anything about when you know comparing apples and oranges here. Again, talking with Chris Price from the Boston Globe here on Radio Nation Radio 920, unnecessary roughness. So going back to Matt Matri- uh, Patricia, Coach Patricia, and and quarterback Mac Jones, uh, there was a couple times in the game I noticed from the press box him looked like he was waving off or just kind of very demonstrative. And it, you know we've seen that multiple times this year. Is that relationship going to be okay, or does something have to give there? They're they're okay. I, okay. I, I think a lot of that is emotion, but I will say this, Q, and I, and I think this is really interesting. That And look, I, I know Brady's in his own universe, but when Brady would go to the sidelines, he would just have Josh McDaniels in the video. And, and those two would sit and they would talk and they would go over plays at work and plays that didn't. When Matt comes to the sideline now, he has Patricia, he has Joe Judge, and he has Bill Belichick all talking to him. I, mm. I can't imagine that's a positive development for a young quarterback. I, I think the consistency of message, and I'm not saying that all three of them are offering wildly consistent messages, but I think that it would help if he had one voice in his ear as opposed to three, whether that's Patricia, whether that's Judge, whether that's Belichick, whatever the case may be. I, I will say this, that I have to believe that things are going to change on the coaching staff going forward. I, I don't know how sustainable this is to have Matt Patricia come back for another year as your offensive play call, whether that means bringing back Billy O'Brien, whether that means going out and finding someone else or promoting from within. I, I, I just, it, it's, it's, it's been kind of a lost year for the offense, and I think a lot of that falls at the feet of Patricia. You know, I wanted to ask you about the second-half adjustments that the Patriots made, because uh, in the second half, I know the Raiders' offensive line was banged up quite a bit, but uh, the Patriots made life difficult on the Raiders to get even a first down, let alone score. What did you see as far as the adjustments that Coach Belichick and company made? I think one of the things that was really important is you had younger defensive backs kind of step to the floor. And look, right up until – that last, you know, the, the next to last touchdown that the Raiders scored to tie it, I think Marcus Jones is very competitive. I, yes. I think Marcus Jones did, did, did a great job, and he's continuing to grow as a player, as a defensive player, continuing to grow by leaps and bounds. And I think, you know, we saw him take another step forward in that second half. We saw Kyle Duggar continue to play at an elite level that I, I think he's very capable of. And I think a lot of this, just like we said before, a lot of this just goes back to, you know, the defense continuing to 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 step to the fore, continuing to emerge. And, you know, we talk about how this is going to be a lost year for the offense. I, I think the defense is not getting enough credit. And, and I think one of the things, you know, you bring up the, the fact that you know, they were able to make adjustments. We've seen that a lot this year from the Patriots when they give up a, a touchdown at the end of the half or when they give up some first-half scores. They go into halftime down by multiple scores. The defense clamps down. The defense makes the necessary adjustments to be able to get the team back in the game. Right now, if this Patriots team is going to win – 
they're going to have to win with defense and special teams. And we saw a little bit of that on Sunday right up until the last, you know, they played 59-plus minutes of that, and it almost was enough to get them over the top, but, but in the end it didn't quite work. Speaking of the adjustments that the Patriots have made, during the offseason there was a lot of talk being made about Gerard Mayo and Stephen Belichick sharing those responsibilities as maybe co-defensive coordinators. What's that role been like for the both of them this season? I think it's been great. I think it's really worked for him. I think Stephen Belichick is more of a, I don't want to say like a CEO, but he's, he's, a, he's a defensive play caller. He is the guy who, who, is, who is making the calls defensively. Mayo is much more of a hands-on guy with each individual player, each individual situation. Look, I'll, I'll tell you guys this, and, and I don't know how well-known this is outside of New England, but look, Gerard Mayo is going to be a head coach someday in the National Football League. He's going to be his own defensive coordinator someday in the National Football League, whether that's New England or elsewhere, I don't know. But but the, the two of them have worked very, very well together. Look, we can sit here, and, and a lot of people in New England have done this kind of snicker over the fact that Stephen Belichick is, you know, kind of, you know, his dad's son and, uh, you know, all of that. But I think he's really done a good job with his defense this year. And look, you know, on and off the record, I've talked to guys in that locker room who really praise him for the work that he's done. And also on a defensive player, but they use him so much on offense as well. Marcus Jones was this past Sunday That's his against, guy. against he called the Raiders. It. That's his guy. He did, yeah. but I was I was surprised to see him use so much on the offense and actually even putting him back at halfback. Is that is that something that they've used him before? No, they haven't used him at halfback before. They've lined him up outside. Look, I'm going to sit here and tell you guys. Uh, I, I'm going to make a bold statement here. And look, Marcus Jones has been in the league for less than a season. He is on the similar track that we saw that Julian Edelman was here in his first year in New England, that Troy Brown was when, mm. you know, when, when he was a young player in New England. He continues to do this kind of stuff. He continues to play on offense, defense, and special teams. Those are very rare types. And he is going to be, I'm not going to say he's going to be a star in the league, but he's going to be a guy who's going to be in the league if he stays healthy for a very, very long time, making plays on all, in all three phases of the game. Marcus Jones is a special young player, and the rest of the National Football League needs to get used to it. Now, look, that that's really that might be the only good thing. No, I don't want to say not the only good thing, but that that's probably one of the best things to come out of the season for the Patriots is the discovery of a guy like Marcus Jones and what he can bring to the field. That's not a bad discovery to have at all. And I remember when you mentioned him last week, I, I circled him on my radar. I was like, okay, pay attention to him, and he was very active and very good on Sunday. And of course, we know how that one play with Keelan Cole ended up, but still. For the most part, the dude was spot on throughout the course of the game. So, Chris, final question for you. Uh, I, I started off our conversation last week asking about Josh McDaniels. Now that you saw his team go up against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, what did you just think from the, the leadership, from the play calling, from what you've seen from a guy that you covered for a very long time? I, it's a work in progress, but he's headed in the right direction. I'll, I'll say that. And, and I don't want to you know engage in hyperbole too much, but, you know, I could see a situation where he may have been coaching for his job on Sunday, and you know, and for them to come back and win it in that fashion, I, I think says a lot about him and says a lot about the guys he has around him. I think he's still putting the guys in the place, like we talked last week. He wants some of those versatile guys, some of those guys that he had in New England. Let's say some Marcus Jones types. Yeah, you know, he gets two or three of those guys who can do who can do some different things, who can you know bring a unique skill set to the field. Look, he he's not that far away. He isn't, and, and, and I think, again, what they did on Sunday says a lot about them and says a lot about their team and says a lot about the Daniels. You know, and, and the thing about it, when you said it's not that far away, I was looking at it, and I brought it up on the show yesterday, that there right now is 20 out of 32 teams in the league, 500 or worse right now. So there's a big <laughs> group of teams together, and then there's a few others. And the Patriots, the Raiders, they're all in that other, but it really, to yep. me, doesn't seem like it'll take that long 
to get out of that that little that that bubble and and be a better team because I feel like they're not that many pl- players away. Yeah, exactly. Look, and, and it's a matter of and you guys know this too, man. You can look back on the Patriots season; it's it's, it's been the same way. The, it, it's a few it's a few bumps, it's a few yep. bounces here and there. It's 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 the randomness of the league that enters into it in a lot of situations. That look, if the Patriots get two or three calls or two or three plays that go their way. You know, instead of being seven and seven, they're nine and five today. You know, they right. they just barely lost to the Vikings. They just barely lost to the Raiders, and they just you know they, these these games are just so close and so tight. And Belichick always uses the phrase, and the players always use this phrase. You gotta, and I'm gonna mangle it here. I apologize. You, you gotta learn how not to lose before you can learn how to win. And I think that we're seeing this Patriots team go through that. And look, from what I've seen on Sunday, you know, the Raiders are kind of going through that as well. It's a process. It's a long process. You're not going to get instantaneous results. But look, I think that both of these teams are are going to are headed in the right direction. It's going to take a while to get there. I love it. I love it. Mike drop moment right there from Chris Price, and we've been talking about you got to learn how not to lose before you learn how uh, to win for a very long time. We've been talking about that since training camp, so that's why that was the ultimate mic drop moment from you right there. What do you got coming out on the globe? What do you got coming out on the podcast that we should be on the lookout for? Well, LG and I just taped a new podcast today. Nice. It talks about uh, a couple of different things. The end of that game, plus the way Jacoby Myers handled himself after the game and the mm-hmm. contrast with his work in the New England media with Gio Bernard and the yeah. way the Tampa Bay media handled that situation, the player handled that situation. It, it's, it's fascinating in that it gives both sides. Look, the, the media, they don't want to be there. They don't want to be asking questions in a tough moment like that. So it's a matter of respect. But we go into that. We talk about, you know, the, the, the loss to the, the Raiders, and then we move ahead kind of what's going to happen this week between the Patriots and the Bengals. There it is. Well, great stuff, man, and thanks for joining us. Like I said, helping put a bow on that game, and uh, some of the knowledge that you dropped was fantastic, just really gave us some in-depth uh, thoughts on, on a lot of different things. So thanks so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you. My pleasure, guys. Take care, and we'll talk soon. All right, there he goes. Chris Price, fantastic stuff right there. I thought that was a perfect way to put a bow on that game on Sunday. Boston Globe, Patriots Report podcast. He does it with LeGarrette Blunt. I'm sure that that's a fun podcast to listen to. LeGarrette Blunt is very blunt with everything he says, so I'm sure that that's a hell of a podcast. You can check uh, Chris out on Twitter at CPriceGlobe. 2.45 is the time. We'll come back, get to your text. Got plenty of them. We'll also take some of your calls at 702-365-9200, and we'll dip inside the Raiders locker room. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just had a really good conversation with Christopher Price from the Boston Globe, and I know all the Raider Nation heard him when he said, you got to learn how not to lose before you can learn how to win, something we've been talking about since training camp here on Raider Nation Radio 920. In just a minute, we're going to take you right inside the Raider locker room, hear from the guy who caught the touchdown pass that led to the tie game late in the game. That's Keelan Cole, but want to throw this out there, the question that we've been having, and really it's just a, a statement and getting your thoughts on it. Final four games, including the game that we saw on Sunday with the Patriots, they all write their own storylines. you got the Patriots, you got the Steelers, the Niners, and the Chiefs. So it's almost like a little bit of a revenge tour that the Raiders could be on in their final four games. So could you look at it like that? Do you see it like that? And if it is somewhat of a revenge tour for the Silver and Black, what would you call it? It's a question we got plenty of good feedback we'll get to in a hot minute. But let's go inside the Raider locker room. We got a lot of guys that we talked to on Sunday following the game. Here's a guy that caught a touchdown pass and Please believe he wanted to talk to us. He's a different dude. Here's Keelan Cole. That last play with Chandler Jones, too, I mean, from your perspective. That was the best receiving play of the whole day, honestly, because that, that stiff arm's clutch. 
that's different. Y'all, y'all talking about the run and the catch. That stiff arm was it. Have you ever been part of a game like that that ended that wild? Yes. With you making the first catch? Yes. Okay. Whatever game we won in... Okay. Oh, Denver. Okay, walk Come on now. No, I, I, I don't remember. I'm just making stuff up. What else we got? Just talk about the year you've had being in a crowded receiver room and just trying to be ready. That's a good thing, being in a crowded receiver room, because you get to learn. You don't have to always step forth, and you can depend on somebody else. Who's next? Keelan, sorry if I missed it, but what's your reaction when they just keep replaying it and it's taking a second to what make the f- decision? That was my reaction. What the f- <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Was there ever a doubt that you ran? Yes. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Where's the ball going afterwards? That's a good question. Whoever takes it out of my hand when I get where I get can have it. It wouldn't mean nothing to me. It's just a, it's a football. We'll probably practice with the same ball one day. Oh, Chandler? Oh, I don't even remember past the stiff arm because I was just running towards the touchdown. And then when I got over there, I realized we was kind of packed. I didn't want to get in trouble for pushing anybody that wasn't on our team or something like that. No offense, I'm just saying. And so I just ran back to the bench and then started shaking people's hands. And then <laughs> put my clothes on. What did that mean, though? What did that, that, what you mean for the team? Anybody else got some questions? No, you got my phone. I'm you right. You, you right. You got my phone. I'm going to ask you questions. I got your phone. Exactly. Making sure. You been texting. No. What was the question? airplane mode. What was the question? What does it win mean? I mean, it's a oh, big if, team. No, I mean, honestly, if it was the last one of the season, then I would have gave you something nice. But we got we got more. So, and you see how hard it is for us to get some wins right. when it comes to crucial situations and stuff. So, I ain't about to sit here and act like it's just gonna be easy to get the last. No. Sure. Last three. three. To that note, I mean, what does Coach McDaniel tell you guys in the locker room after this? Like, how does he come up with the words there? He says good. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be like, hey, good. Y'all, uh, make sure y'all do it again next week. Get ready to go for the next game. That's how you be. Where would you rank that play in your career? That touchdown. You late. You late. You said one more, two more, five more ago. No, 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 no. Exactly. So would you? I could have walked away if I really cared. Where you want to rank it? You got to put plays up there now. Like, I'll literally be in the league and not just make plays. So you made a lot of plays in Jacksonville. So. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't really get... Maybe your number one I don't get an option to not make a play type thing. Like, I, I can't just play. make a regular play. And I got to actually make a play Yeah. in order for me to stay. So anyway. clutch play, probably number one. Let's go number one just because it's today. Number one. Number one play of my career. <laughs> it really might be, though. No bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> there he is. Different dude. Keelan Cole. <laughs> Bravo, Keelan Cole. He is a different cat, and when I said he had my phone, he literally had my phone. Because you know we always record Demon with the voice recorder on our phone, which is great. One of the best inventions on our phone. And that's how I that's how I record everything in the in the locker room. So I'm holding my phone and I reach it out to him. Me and Cassie stepped up at the same time and, and, and got around him. And he said, Oh here, I'll hold this for you. So he literally is holding it in front of his face. Like it's a microphone, and that's why he's just—he's looking around. He's like, "All right, who else? Who else?" And then when I'm asking a question, he's like, "Does anyone else have one besides him?" Right? I'm like, "Wait, hold on, dog. You got my phone. Like, you literally have my phone in your hand." <laughs> At first, I was wondering what you guys were talking about, and then when you said it's on airplane mode, I was like, "Oh, he just got Q's phone." Yeah, no, he did. He did. He had my phone, which is fine because for me that actually works. 
because it's right in front of him. So I'm getting all the good audio from him. Now, every once in a while, it's a little more difficult from someone else that's asking a question, like maybe a Levi Edwards or a Jesse Merrick or Cassie Soto, whoever, unless they speak up. But, I mean, I got the mic right in front of him because he's holding it. So, I mean, he, and he's, he's a quirky dude. You know, he's, he's talked to us multiple times in the locker room. Not when we talked to him. When he decided to talk to us, there, there was a time where he walked up to Cassie and just grabbed her mic and started basically interviewing us and said, all right, what do you want to know? And then he started asking us a bunch of different questions. He, I don't, he asked me, he asked Adam Hill, started asking Cassie questions. It's just weird stuff, right? And, I mean, he just, again, he's just a different dude. But that's okay. Different dudes are cool. I, I have no problem with that. It's just, it's just who he is. But that was a moment for him. He was having a good time. He obviously had a huge touchdown catch, and he was honest. You know, I said, was there ever a doubt? Or, you know, did, you, did you know that it was a catch? No. No, he didn't. You know, he, he wasn't confident. He didn't know. So good stuff right there uh, with Keelan Cole. Again, we got plenty more uh, locker room sound where that came from. 2.56 is the time when we come back. We'll kick off hour number two of the show. John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610. He'll join us to talk all things NFL. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.